Welcome back, party people, part three of the Intermittent Fasting Masterclass podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark List, uh, here at the primary care pod at gmail.com. We are, again, going to forego um, any inbox or any introductions and grab right into this. We are definitely finishing this in part three. I'm absolutely not going over. Um, so in part one, we talked about uh, all diet plans are probably created somewhat equal getting away from the standard American diet, um, but there's probably some that are better for some patients. There's no gospel truth. Uh, Dietary science is really garbage science, and always be careful putting all your chips in one basket because it's not really good to to say one is significantly so much better, ultimately amazingly better than the others. But again, I think that uh, we need to um, continue on this discussion to be patients, uh, advocates for our patients, give them options, give them the evidence to support the options, and to make sure they are healthy options to talk about. In part two, we talked about some of the evidence, uh, weak evidence in many cases, and better evidence some other case, uh, in some other cases, uh, for intermittent fasting and caloric reduction in general in terms of overall benefit and health, and the fasting state being very important for biological function. Uh, today, in this episode, we're going to talk about some of the real-life practical applications. So before you start believing this intermittent fasting to be the magic cure and jump on intermittent fasting as the bestest and most awesomest diet plan ever, and everyone must intermittent fast all the time if they want to live a healthy life, uh, uh, you know, before we could jump on that train, again, let me reiterate that dietary science is hard. A lot of research is very weak, as we've talked about in part two, uh, and very, very small ends in these studies. That case report with N of 3 was very impressive, but again, it was an N of 3. Uh, and there's very almost no uh, long-term follow-up trials over decades, uh, in, in general, in, in dietary science in general, uh, if, to support X, Y, or Z. And, and so the stuff we talked about in all of this podcast really applies to most diet plans. The studies are usually poor, low quality, and oftentimes the evidence support these claims that everyone makes on their diet plan is for the best diet plan is based on animal model data, data which is pretty garbage. So um, I want to talk about the fact that this is a Fairly well studied, as we talked about, scientifically grounded and frequently useful dietary tool in discussion with our patients. So how do we go about implementing this in clinical practice or even having the discussion with patients? The authors of the studies have some really good practical considerations. So I'm going to read their recommendations and I'm going to add my own commentary here and there. Okay, so there are impediments to widespread adoption of these eating patterns in the community by patients. First, a diet of three meals with snacks every day is so ingrained in our culture that a change in this eating pattern will rarely be contemplated by patients or doctors. So this is really important, though. Patients have to have the discipline to live counterculturally. This is the same thing we talk about when people are going to go bariatric surgery. Your life will change. This is a lifestyle change. If you have young, active children and are running to events all the time, the temptation to grab or eat or finish fast food during your non-fasting uh, hours is going to be very hard. Uh, parties, after work get-togethers, traveling, really all impact the ability to do this plan. So you really have to have these discussions with your patients. Uh, back to the article. Second, on switching to an intermittent fasting regimen, many people will experience hunger, irritability, and a reduced ability to concentrate during periods of food restriction. However, these initial side effects usually disappear within one month, and patients should be advised of this fact. Now, again, uh, anybody who's done keto or had patients on keto, the keto fog is a real thing. And going through keto fog is terrible, and it's hard. And so you're going to be intermittently going through keto. Now, your body will adapt and get better, and everyone says this with intermittent fasting. I have not gone through intermittent fasting, so I can't I can't verify this, but it is a fairly uh, normal part of all ketogenic diets. Thirdly, most physicians are not trained to prescribe specific intermittent fasting interventions. Physicians can advise patients to gradually, over the period of several months, reduce the time window to which they consume food daily. All right, so now we're getting to the specifics, so I'll stop making the stupid voice. Um, the goal of fasting 
for 16 to 18 hours a day. So if patients can't get there right away and they feel too badly, you can start with fasting 10 hours, fasting 12, fasting 14 to get to 16 to 18. And you can do that over the course of weeks to months. Alternatively, you can do that five to two. We talked about five days are completely normal, but two days a week. And you can do that on weekends. You can do that whenever you want. Starting with a thousand calories in that one day, and then going in the next month to like two days a week doing a thousand calories. And the next month doing 750 twice a day or twice a week. And then finally ending up at 500 calories twice a week during that fourth month. Now, in my personal experience, doing the timed routine, the, the timed route, meaning patients can eat for six to eight hours a day, is incredibly much easier than having patients try to reduce calories uh, two days a week because people always undercount their carbs. Um, they undercount they, not only carbs, but calories. Studies have validated this. People underestimate or lie about how much they consume or how big a, or uh, misinterpret how big of a serving size is. It happens. It's real life. So the alternate day fasting in general, uh, we talked about that third option, is really hard to fast all day and be and still be productive. Uh, keto fog is really real. And to do it three times a week is super hard. It has the best results, um, but six to eight, six, six hours fed, 18 hours uh, fasting seems the easiest and most balanced in my limited non-expert based opinion. And based on the evidence, it probably supports it too. Um, now they say a dietitian or nutritionist should be consulted to ensure that the nutritional needs of the patient are being met and to provide continued counseling and education. As with all lifestyle interventions, it's important that physicians provide adequate information, ongoing communication and support and regular positive reinforcement. So good luck in uh, my, my comments are good luck in insurance pay for dietitian or nutritionist visits. Some do, most don't. Um, during weight loss counseling, I just bring people back in monthly, not only to, to talk about their weight loss, to see how they're feeling, to make sure that dietarily wise, they're eating the right things. So they're not, you know, having vitamin deficiencies or anything like that. Um, and to talk about wins, cons, and talk about whether we're escalating them or they're just going to stay on their same. Uh, back to the article, animal models, again, editor's note, red flag, red flag, uh, show that intermittent fasting improves health throughout the lifespan, whereas clinical studies have mainly involved relatively short-term interventions over the period's months. Again, a big concern uh, as using animal modeling as truth, especially in long-term lifespan. Uh, the data is only for short-term interventions at this point. Uh, article goes back to say, it remains to be seen whether people can maintain intermittent fasting for years and potentially accrue the benefits seen in animal models. Uh, again, I, I don't have anything to add for that, you know. Because dietary science is relatively garbage, science don't stand, S-T-A-N, stand for any diet as gospel. Uh, low quality, weak evidence that does not, you know, stretch across lifetime. Uh, article says, furthermore, clinical studies have focused mainly on overweight, young, and middle-aged individuals. We cannot generalize to other age groups the benefits and safety of intermittent fasting that has been preserved in these studies. Uh, interpretation, uh, peds and old people, we don't know. Uh, old people might get hypoglycemic, fall down, go boom, you know. Um, those we talked about in part two about the cognitive benefits of intermittent fasting. It wasn't on intermittent fasting. It was just caloric restriction. Um, so uh, that wasn't necessarily fasting. So those people that get keto fog and they're 80, they fall down and go boom. That's that's a huge, huge, huge issue. So uh, uh, to finish up here, um, however, some people are unable or unwilling to adhere to an intermittent fasting regimen. By further understanding this process that links intermittent fasting with broad health benefits, we may be able to develop targeted pharmacological therapies. 
that mimic the effects of intermittent fasting without the need to substantially alter feeding habits and goes on to talk about those. No, 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 editors, no, 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 no more pills, no more pills to recreate discipline lifestyle changes. No, 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 no. Just get your patients to slowly have this as lifestyle change if it works for them. They can trial it for four, three to four months. Um, see if it works for them. They can always go to a different diet plan if this does not work for them or they are cheating too much or they don't seem to be getting those type of responses because it's too hard. Um, but the studies are pretty clear. You lose weight. You have tons of health benefits. It seems to be a very overall good diet and safe diet. And that's all I got to say about that. Wow. Okay. So we talked for almost 40 minutes on intermittent fasting. There are Hundreds of more topics we could talk about with intermittent fasting. Uh, most of the data, though, is animal models, as with all dietary stuff. Um, questionnaires are, are garbage science. Animal models are garbage science for for um, uh, dietary science. And again, dietary science is hard. So I'm not telling you to advocate every single one of your patients needs to be on intermittent fasting. I'm not saying it's better than everything else. I'm not saying that, you know, this is superior to keto. This is inferior to whatever. I'm just saying it's an option. It's a tool. I've used it a lot in the last two years and recommended it. I've had, again, anecdotally, okay-ish results. Um, some people can tolerate it. Some people just don't like it. But again, uh, incorporate this knowledge into your practice. Use this as a tool for some people who might be really interested in it. Um, I had a patient, um, my best experience with a patient, uh, I talked about it at a physical one year after I read that BMJ case report because he was pre-diabetic and he was 32 years old. Um, he's a really morbidly obese guy, you know, BMI super high, I think in the mid forties, um, he was well over 400 pounds, um, uh, or sorry, well over 300 pounds, encroach, encroaching on 400 pounds and dude lost a lot of weight. I think he's down like 80 pounds or something. And again, this is anecdotal evidence and that's the opposite of what this podcast is about, but it worked for him. And you know, keto is hard for some people. Vegetarian is hard for some people. Mediterranean is hard for some people. Um, intermittent fasting, you can be anybody in intermittent fast. Um, you can, you know, have live in a food desert and not have access to good quality foods um, and intermittent fast. You can um, be, you know, of any um, educational level and intermittently fast. Um, I think this is a really good diet for a lot of people. It's not the gospel best diet, but I think it's really super helpful. And I've literally liked this tool um, as a dietary tool to the arsenal. So hopefully you feel more confident talking about it, uh, embracing it, starting it on patients, continuing it on patients, and seeing the benefits of the diet plan like I have. Uh, anecdotally, um, and but also according to research. Uh, so any questions on intermittent fasting, feel free to send them to primarycarepod at gmail.com. I don't really have much more to say on the topic. We spent three podcasts talking about it. Um, so hopefully everyone got what they needed out of it. Um, this has been Dr. Markless reminding you you don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date. Uh, that CME is coming at some point, I promise you. Uh, sometime Animal Medical Clinic will, will hook me up with it. We'll get to it eventually. Thanks, bye.